Hey, everyone. We'll start the show in just a second, but I wanted to remind you of two things. One, less than or equal shirts are for sale right now. If you check out the show notes, there'll be a link where you can go purchase your very own less than or equal shirt. Uh, Number two is that it will be the only run of less than or equal shirts. Uh, This is our second to last episode for now. You never know what will happen in the future, but Grab the shirt while you can. Episode 100 is coming up, and that will be an interview show. So if you have any questions for me, I'm going to have a special guest come on and uh, flip the tables a little bit. So if there's anything that I can answer, let us know, and we'll do our best to include it in the 100th episode. And now on to the show. Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality and geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Elaine Sims, and today I am joined by Alicia Carr. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I am wonderful, and you, darling? <laughs> I'm doing, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Um, so, Alicia, who are you? Who am I? I am this advocate against women um, empowerment. I am a woman who is all about technology, um, making sure the opportunity is for technology. And I'm also an advocate against women of domestic violence. I created this amazing app. Um, that is empowering for women. Or try, it really helps women to get out of the situation they're in. It's a tool that allows to give them information on how to strategically get out of a domestic violence situation. I'm also a um, director of Women of Code Atlanta. I empower women who are in technology, gotten out of it to get back into it. I empower women who is not into technology to get into it. And um, I fight for those women to get those jobs that they don't want to give us. That's who I am. (laughs) So a common word that you just used was empowerment. What does that mean to you? Um, That means like, I mean, because a lot of people... When I see empowerment, I see a bunch of women with their hands up in the air with the power symbols and saying, you can't stop me. (laughs) I am like you. I'm going to just this strong, you know. So, I I mean, I'm the one that gives the women that strength is to give them to make them understand that they can do this. This is something anything they want to do. It don't have to be tech. It could just be anything they want to do. They have the power to do it. And we as women together can make each other strong enough to do anything we want to do. I love that. Um, I'm just, I'm basking in, in <laughs> that description of empowerment. Um, I'm already giving you that superwoman shield on your you shirt, are. right? <laughs> You're like, damn, I already, oh, I heard this now. I'm like, damn, but what, what the hell? Let me go ahead and pull this shirt off. Oh, excuse me. I got a bra underneath. Let me... <laughs> you get started in uh in tech and in I don't know in realizing that empowering 
other women was something that that you wanted to do or did you it kind of did you fall into it you know what what was that journey like I mean I believe I I think what really happened well first of all I've been I mean, my first hand-on technology was IBM Touchcom machine. And I don't think a lot of people know what that was. That tells you just how old I was. Um, and I knew, you know, I knew then that I, it was just so intriguing because, I mean, I, I believe back then I was like kind of dyslexia because I, I couldn't have, I mean, I wasn't good in, in spelling and grammar and all that stuff. But something that was just the, the characters were different, I could kind of comprehend. I mean, because, you know, you know, eventually I learned MS-DOS base, and I thought that was just like, wow, this shit is cool as hell, you know? And so, and from then I just kept going and going, but I believe I became more, um, empowered when I lost my girlfriend. She was a victim of domestic violence and she died by the hands of her boyfriend. And so they asked me to speak at her funeral. And, um, and I was like, you know, and it was kind of awkward for me because I was like, okay, I've never spoke before. And, um, and I was like, you know, I said, well, you know, sure, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Cause there's people who knew, just knew me and like, Alicia, you can do it because it's just how you are. And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I got up on the podium and I ain't had nothing. I didn't wrote nothing down. And I talked about her success. And as a single mom, she was a single mom with two girls. She worked a full-time job and she was a beautician. She had her own beauty shop. And I talked about the fact that she would get up at four o'clock in the morning, get to work at five o'clock in the morning, will be standing in front of the copy machine in four inch heels for hours. And I'm like, girl, I mean, the rest of us was like, our feet hurt. <laughs> it's like that thing, no goddamn way. Girl, can't you take off your shoe, put some slippers on? That makes me hurt. My feet hurt when you do that. <laughs> and so she, and then she will leave the, when she finished her job there, she will leave there at say two o'clock, three o'clock, go to the beauty salon, do people's hair, take care of her children. And I was like, this one, and, and then on top of that, she had just bought a house. So to me, that speaks of just how. You know, she, to me, told me, that's how I felt. when I, I mean, I was like, this, this woman is, is amazing. You know, for one woman to have said, this is what I'm going to do, she empowered me, you know? And from then on, I just like, I, I just took on that role to like, yo, if she can do it, hell, I know, you know, all of us can do it. Whether with a spouse or without a spouse, we can really do it if we really put our mind to it. So I, I really believe that that's where it really came from. I mean, you just really opened my eyes to the fact that when you asked that question, you know, looking back, how did I get to that point? Because in, in my younger life, it, I was, it was just a lot of things I was going through, you know. And, and then the fact that, you know, another thing was is that um, as a teenager, I was bullied. I was bullied. I was bullied for a very, very long time. And I had to figure out how can I not let that affect me throughout my life? And that was one thing that I was like, okay, was I suicidal? Mm, uh, kind of, you know, thought about it, but too scared to try to do crazy things to my body. <laughs> you know, you know, that, that was just me all together. So I was like, then I, I just decided to make rules for myself. 
you know, you have, and I said, you know, that the first time you're allowed to cry. That was, that, that was the second time. There ain't going to be no second time. You learn from the first time, but after the second time, you know what you got to do. And, and I continued that throughout my life. But the, the person that really, really made me more empowerment was my girlfriend, um, Katina. She was the one who, who had got killed. And I was, that changed my life. That's when my life really changed. And then from there, my girlfriend, Shanita, um, suggested that I become a, a life coach from, from the situation. And that's where, I, that's another thing that kind of put me on the, on the path as well. And so from this experience, you created your app? Yeah. I mean, honestly and truthfully, I got out of the tech business. I got out of the tech field. Actually, I got fired from my job. I was doing a help. I was a, a help desk analyst working for an, um, a company that supported pharmaceutical companies' laptops. And um, they didn't, they, the manager did not like my attitude. I was like, you know, I was like, forgive me. I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> you know, hell, you know, you let these people do that. You know, and I was speaking out mm-hmm. and it was not, you know, now it's, you know, as it's becoming known, it's not appropriate for a woman to speak out that way. You know, if it was a man, it was all right. Yep. But for a woman, oh, definitely. You speak out, you already, you already like written up, you know, they were, they were finding everything to get me fired from that point. And um, they finally fired me. I cheered. I was like laughing and <laughs> kicking my heels up. And I'm like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell happened? I got fired. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and I was laughing about it because it felt good. And I took a job less than what I was worth or less than what I wanted to do, which was, um, admin assistant for an environmental company. And I did, and I, I did that comfortably for nine and a half years. And in 2011, um, I was online getting my second generation iPad. That was, yeah, I think it was 2011, yeah, second generation. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, and um, met the 16-year-old boy. You know, I was like, old school me, a mama who had some youngins, asked that boy, why is he online? How did he get the money? I was like, you know, there's just no way, you know, no parent would give their child by themselves to get online a thousand dollars. Cause you know, I've seen parents come online and say, Oh, I'm getting my six year old daughter iPhone. And you know, I've never seen a teenager say that they were getting it for themselves. So I asked him, I'm like, Oh, so, you know, how did you get that money? Most of mine, washing windows. You know, work at Publix, <laughs> work at the food store. And he said, no, he owned a business. He created an app. I said, well, you, he said, I mean, I made a, I'm making a lot of money from this app. I'm like, well, goddamn. I didn't ask him what kind of app it was. I didn't care what app it was. <laughs> I was like, well, what the hell? I was like, well, so you a genius? You, you went to college today? You know, you, you know, you graduated from 16 out of college? You said, no, I learned this on YouTube. I was like, no shit. I turned to my husband and said, I want to do that. I want to do what he do. I mean, just my curiosity to say that I can learn something off of YouTube. You know, like, I'm in, I was into technology. You know, I love technology. I know, I love new gadgets. Apple was my best friend, you know? <laughs> so I was like, so, 
And I, I remember mentioning it to my husband, and it was no big deal. In 2012, my husband told me, you know, why don't you go ahead and find out about becoming a mobile developer? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then he reminded me again. So I did some research and um, found out that there wasn't really nothing. I mean, there were schools out there, but they were very expensive. And it was like one major school. A lot of them, the other schools were out in California. Here in Atlanta, there was one. And so um, I basically like, okay, I couldn't, even though I wanted to go, they wouldn't let me go anyway because a lot of it was like from companies. The companies had to pay for it. You have to stay here for two weeks. It was a cram course to learn how to code. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to the local meetup group, which is Atlanta iOS developers group. Um, there was the, the two main leaders were Russ and Joe DiCarlo. And um, I talked to one of them and they said, yeah, sure. Why don't you just put something out there? So I did. And um, they were mentioning, you know, books that I could use. Um, and, I, and I was like, okay, so I, you know, and then, you know, some of them were, some by some of them was mentors. One, two people came out and said they would love to mentor me. One guy said he was going to start a whole class, which I told him. If, and then when I found out when he did the class that he was doing it from um, Big Nerve Ranch book, I was like, dude, you're going to charge me $1,500 and you're doing it from a book. You need to give me my goddamn money back. Yeah. <laughs> so from that, um, and that was 2012. 2012 to 2013, it was Objective-C I was learning. I felt that the person who was mentoring me was not a good teacher, not a good mentor. I was not happy with, the, with myself, with how I was coding. I felt that I was a failure. I felt that I wasn't, I wasn't learning anything. I felt I hadn't learned anything to be able to really put to what I've learned to make something. So in 2013, September, um, the IELTS group put, a, um, somebody put something out there about um, an online bootcamp course called Bitfountain. And I was like, okay, no problem. You know, I, and it was like, they're just starting out. It was only $125. And it was $100, off, I mean, $25 off. And I was like, ask my husband, hey, can you give me, because my husband let me quit my job to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he, I said, babe, give me a hundred dollars so I can take this course. He's like, sure. Gave me to pay for the course. Course started October, October, November, December. I did the course straight through. I was like blown away what I did learn. It wasn't structured like it should have been. And if it was, I probably would have been able to learn. I mean, be able to have done what I want to do in a much faster time. But it wasn't meant to be. It was meant to be for me to be a part of Bitfountain. Once I finished Bitfountain, the person who had mentored me gave me the idea. He gave me the idea to maybe I should be thinking about doing a domestic. And it was very profound to me because um, I cried when I really, really heard that because it was almost like it was it. I, that's what I was supposed to be doing in the first place. And so. January 2014, I started building that domestic violence app. Did I, did I not know that was maybe, I did not, okay, I did not relate it to just my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It was my, I, I'm a child of domestic violence, so I lived around it for many, many years. So it wasn't just her. I have knew many of girlfriends who were victims of domestic violence. I also have family members who were victims of domestic violence. 
whether it was my mother, my sister, um, my daughter. Um, I mean, there were just many, many people around me that were victims. So it, it, it was something that, again, that I did, you know, not just off of her, but just the, the fact that it was, it was in my environment, let's say that. So that's how I started to build that app. Once I got to that point, it was, um, the original name was um, of a pocketbook. And, um, and a lot of people wouldn't understand why. So the reason why it was named the purple pocketbook is because one purple represents the color of the messy bottom. That's one. But then purple is the colors of a lot of other things as well when mm-hmm. it represents a, a cause. But the pocketbook represents the fact that as we as women kept everything in our pocketbook. If you're a woman that have a pocketbook, when you get older, like when you start losing money, <laughs> <laughs> Like you have a little purse I used to have, and you start losing IDs and hundreds and hundreds of dollars of cash. Back in the day, you carry a pocketbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, a pocketbook represents—I mean, a woman carry everything in pocket. When you get to that point, you start understanding that carry everything. <laughs> I mean, everything. So. And that's how I started to create that domestic violence app. We'll get back to our conversation in just a second, but I wanted to let you know that one of this episode's sponsors is Martian Craft. Martian Craft is behind some of the most prominent software on the app store, but what you might not know is that they offer a wide variety of training. They have classes to accommodate everyone from entry level to senior iOS developers anyone who's seeking to amplify their skills or improve their collaborative problem solving. Fortune 500 companies rely on Martian Craft to make their teams and software better than ever. Find out for yourself why they're the right choice for your company by going to martiancraft.com training to learn more. Our thanks to Martian Craft for sponsoring Less Than or Equal. So how do you co-decide, how do you start writing an app like that, like deciding what goes into it and how to present it. Um, h- how did you make those, those choices? Well, when I decided to work on the app, the first thing was I had to find out who was my competitor. Mm. And that was a huge, I mean, I did a lot of research on that because, you know, now, I mean, back then, the only person, I mean, I did a swimming so the back then the, the hottest, the, well, the biggest one was Dr. Phil's app, which is expired. His was the biggest one. But the thing is, is that I realized when creating an app, what makes me different from his? And that was something that I had to do a lot of research on. For example, I became the victim, and then I also became the abuser. So I had to know what the victim needs what the victim had to hide, what the victim wanted to know, what the victim had to do. And then I had to be the abuser to say what I'm going to be looking for when um, she has that phone, you know, what apps, what software, who she's communicating with, what she can, can't do. And I mean, it was a very, a very detailed way of me trying to figure out how and what and how it's going to work. And that's why we, I named it the Purple Pocketbook for one, because, um, an app that talk about pocketbook, what man is going to go into an app talking about pocketbook? Mm-hmm. And then if you see pocketbooks in the app, why would you, what the hell? Well, 
what you shopping for? App, we looking at pocketbooks for. He, the first thing was on the cup, um, app looked like a pocketbook. So why would he go looking for it? So I, I, I was found a way to disguise, try to disguise the app to make it so that an abuser won't just go looking for it just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one thing. And then the resources was the very important part. What does the app have that nobody else has? The app, the, you know, comparing it to other apps, it didn't have shelters. It didn't list every shelter in the state. Um, there were shelters that for victims of who had dogs. If you were a victim of domestic violence and have a dog, there's a shelter for that. And I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had, no, we had animals, just animals. Then you had, um, then there were victims that don't want to report and they needed something to find a shelter to go to. So this is how the app became the way it was. So I listed every, this, I'm like, okay, so this app is going to basically help those who don't want to report, not only report it, but don't want to report. So I had to give them all the necessary resources they needed. Even though I would tell somebody, please report it because it has to be documented. So you can prove otherwise that you are being abused. If you ever try to kill the mother, excuse me, I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll bleep it out. We can beat that one out. Yeah, we can. <laughs> so, but that's, you know, how I was thinking. And so, um, so I, not only did I put the shelters, I put the law for domestic violence because they have to, they have to know the law. I mean, because the, you know, abuser will put, will tell you anything for you not to get out of the relationship or yeah. not to report it. Then I had to put technology. Then I then I had to put um, besides technology, how to get out of the relationship safely, because you have to strategically plan your exit. So when I tell people when I tell people this, people are like you know, oh, she a victim? Why she just can't leave? Okay, I said this is how I explained it. I said, okay, you're in the bank. Bank robbers come in. Okay, bank robber, come in. So you're going to tell me you're going to walk out. As soon as that bank robber, you're going to walk out of there without getting killed? Hell no. You got to follow their rules to get out of there safely. So you have to think strategically, what's a way for me to get out of here without getting shot? And a lot of people don't think about it that way. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're in. But it's just a longer relationship. And even when a woman does get out of that relationship... Do you not know these men will still stalk them, follow them, do anything they can to destroy their life because they have control over them? And so this is how I have to explain it because there's just a lot of, you know, I'm going to say the percentage of men, there's a higher percentage of men that don't understand it. Whereas women, you know, when you talk to women about it, even though they may say it, when you explain it to them in a certain kind of way, they kind of understand it, you know, because either they know somebody in it or when you explain it to them a certain kind of way, they kind of understand the situation because, you know, they either been stalked, you know, harassed, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So um, when doing that, that's how I had, ha- and I mean, I really had to look at it that way. Then I had to add the fact that um, immigration became an issue with domestic violence where women are crossing the border or come in from other countries who are victims of domestic violence and um, the United States is giving them asylum. 
that became legal, I think it was a year, year and a half ago. And then there became the issue with unemployment and domestic violence. A lot of people didn't know about that either. Not even companies know about it. Whereas they, in the state of Georgia, there was a, a, a lawsuit where a woman had filed for unemployment. She was denied unemployment she, um, because she was a victim of domestic violence. She told her employer that she, her husband is stalking her and threatening her, and he may come to her employment to hurt her. And she had to quit her job. She applied for unemployment. They turned her down. She appealed it. They turned her down again. She appealed it again to the Supreme Court of Georgia, and she won. Because of the fact that she told them that she was a victim and that she was putting herself in danger, not only putting herself in danger, but also putting the company in danger, they were obligated to pay for her unemployment. So these are things that, as victims, as people, individual, each individual have to be educated on. This protects not only the victims, but it protects the, the people around her as well. And these are information. This is what my app had. This is how I had to build my app. And so it's so empowering or it's, it's, so, it's just an empowering app that when I look at it each and every time, there's nothing like it right now. Now, you know, it's been a while. I haven't done a search of any other app, but just other people putting out apps. And the problem is, is that it's kind of hard to get it, to get to that level where um, corporate member will accept the fact that domestic violence is an issue. The cost of it for the cost of domestic violence in healthcare is really high because you've got people who are not reporting it. That's, called, that's causing the cost of healthcare to go up as well. And the numbers are very, you know, it's crazy on the cost of it. But this is, <laughs> again, I've learned this in, in the time I built this app, 2014 till now, I'm still learning so mm -hmm. much about domestic violence. And it's just, at a point, I just don't want to learn no more. Because <laughs> it's just, it's so much and it's almost like, it's depressing for me, you know. But it's something that I know that is, if I know it, I'm also spreading the word for those who don't. Mm -hmm. So learned how to code. You built this app and, um, do you, have you received feedback on it? Are, are people finding it? Do you hear from women who have used it? Um, now it's on Google play as the old version, which is a purple pocketbook. And we're trying right now to raise the necessary funds to convert it to the new national version. That actual Google Play has over a thousand downloads for the app, over a thousand downloads for Android. On Apple, we have over a little over six hundred downloads for Apple. Okay. And um, a friend of mine that I used to work with back in the day, um, back when we used to support the pharmaceutical laptops, she basically reached out to me on Facebook and said, "Alicia, you know." Um, you know, my boyfriend's daughter is a victim of domestic violence. And then I remember, remember your app and um, I downloaded it and it helped her. She said it helped her. And I was like, I said, I said, if it, if you say, if it did what you say it did, I need some feedback. So she basically went on Apple's um, 
comments and actually um, put down what it has done to help her boyfriend's daughter. And I think that was probably the only, that was the only thing that I've gotten from anybody. I mean, that actually that I've known has really helped somebody, which is profound to me because I've been wanting to hear from somebody, you know, anybody to tell me, is it, I mean, everybody tells, well, everybody will rave about an app. You know how that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a good app. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the thing is, is that does it work? You know, and that's where, as a mobile developer who created something that is trying, you trying to change the world, want to hear. You know, so we're talking about 1,600 people, one person give a comment about it is, you know, hey, I'm happy with just the one. I would love to hear from others, you know. But she, I mean, at least, I mean, in, in that she broke it down to, to, you know, realizing that there was things that we just don't know about domestic violence, the law and everything. And that really helped her, door, her you know, her, her daughter. I, and I'm going to say that because she felt very close to her to help her um, to be successful in trying to transition out of that situation. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we talk about technology changing the world and touching lives a lot, right? But it seems like it's very superficial a lot of the time, you know, Mm -hmm. the headphone jack versus no headphone jack. And, you know, I don't know. To me, this this, this is the story of technology, right? How can we, like, save lives? with technology and, and you know speaking of that i'm actually doing a tech talk on that too i'm actually doing a tech talk on um let me see, i'm trying to remember how i put it it was like how to be how to be a superhero and i'm in fact while while we didn't i'll bring up the actual talk i was going to be doing in fact i'm doing this talk in, in greenville in greenville south carolina where um, people don't really understand that, you know, if you are mobile, if you are in technology, there's things you just can, you can really do, make a change in, in just the world. And I mean, it doesn't mean that you have to spend all of you. I mean, right now, everybody's talking, everybody's about making money. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable, you know. And and this is the title, Using Your Superhero Superpowers to, for Good. Okay? How to create an app that can change the world, thinking outside the box. And a lot of people really don't understand that what they can, there's so many things you can do to save the world. I mean, it doesn't have to be, um, have to be just nothing that, I mean, my app will, I have, I have not seen a profit from my app whatsoever. And I'm trying to take it to the next level to get it to a point where it can get out there to, I mean, not only it's a free app, but also for those people who see there's a need for it to give back, you know, and, um, and it can make a change. It really can. And so my husband, like, you know, dude, when you want to make money off the app, I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm working on it, you know, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, man, please. Just bear with me, bear with me. <laughs> and so um, it's just that so many people don't understand that you can do so many good. 
For example, I was watching the news and there was this pizza restaurant owned by deaf people. And they have an app to allow them to receive calls and order pizza. It was awesome. And you know, you know, and Aline, you can think about it. Think we're in tech. We're in tech. So for us, it's like, wow, oh wow, oh awesome. Oh my God. You know, you know, for us it's that kind of way. You right. know what I'm saying? And it's like, oh, I'm definitely, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, I went searching for the app, you know, and they could order everything off their iPad and somebody on the other end is ordering the pizza and, you know, speaking to the other person and telling them, you know, this is what you can order. And the pizza, and when they come in, the people don't even know that the parlor is owned by deaf people. Fucking awesome. Beat that too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But it was like, I mean, you know, you, you know, as well as I do, if you're into technology, it's amazing. Right. You know, it's one of those like, wow, kind of moment. And again, the company is still making a profit, but they have created something to be able for a business like that, a, a person owned by deaf people to be successful and profitable. Come on now. You can't tell me nobody can, you know, you we can't do that. Right. I mean, even right now, um, there's like things I'm working on with, um, a, I started, in fact, I have another, we're working on another company. I got two other women with me. Um, I had came up with another idea and we're working on another app that gives back to the community. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there is no way that, you know, the, you know, people can't do it. And the problem is, is that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know that, you know, okay. As a woman, this is how I see it. Men about making profits. That's what men are. Men about making profits. We know how men, you want to make money, you got to make money, you got to do this, blah, 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 blah. As women, we have to make everything associated to something. For example, we create an app. The name of the app have to represent what we do. Great. <laughs> you know, like we were like, what the hell is Uber? What does that mean? Right. Okay. Nobody so, I mean, right, exactly. So as women, we was like, okay, that just don't sound right. No, it has to be like this. And we have an emotional connection to what we do. You know, we want it to be something that represents us, you know. And so that's how we think, you know. So when we talk about giving back, women want to give back. We always find ways to give back, you know. And so that's how we think of things. And like, for example, I'm doing another presentation how at 51, I became a mobile developer, you know, at my older age. And I'm doing the research on this because it's all about sexism and ageism for me. And I realized that, damn, there more women use mobile apps, more women play games, more women shop, more women look for um, bargains, more women use social media, more women do um, upload pictures and stuff like that. And yet, we see more apps being created and designed by mm-hmm. men. And we're finding out that in the bunch of all those mobile developers, whether they're Android or iOS, very few of them have a woman in the middle of the design or program of those apps. And yet we use the most of all. So, and that's where I come in with, you know, 
the fact that I want to get back because this is where I want to change this. This is where it all stops. It really does. So what are you doing to change the culture the, around? The culture, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, educating women. Yeah. Um, a lot of us, you know, find a way sort of to get into the job for interviews. Um, we are so emotionally um, affected, affected by um, how we feel, how we deal with things, how an interview goes, how, um, and, you know, and I realized that's one thing too. Interviewing a woman compared to a man is just totally messed up. A man would interview a woman like they would interview a man, you know, and then, you know, but then we have some women that said, well, then, you know, we should be interviewed that way, but then we lose, we actually lose the opportunity when we feel that, you know, the first thing, uh, if we interview with a man, the first thing come out of mouth, I've already lost the interview. And that's how, I mean, I'm, I've been through a lot of interviews and if he's, if the first thing come out of his mouth and, and I respond to it, I'm already feel that I'm, I'm just like, oh, forget about Alicia, you ain't got this job, you know, off the bat. Yeah. So we, I mean, changing, changing the woman's attitude on how not to give up that the first interview was a bad one and just continue on trying to continue doing what you want to do. That's one thing I've been working on. We've been working on with Women of Color, is changing the woman's perspective. You can still do it and keep trying. Another thing is, is I'm telling women to do is be their own boss. You know, start, you know, figuring out, be a, you know, contract yourself out, you know, doing contract work. You know, you not only would you be able to do the more flexibility, but um, then you won't have to be in, you know, working under a corporation or a company where you feel uncomfortable. You know, you could just basically, you know, do it your own way. You know, and it's it's kind of hard because, you know, as a, a woman, which as a black woman, it's kind of even hard for me because I have interviewed with a lot of companies. And I felt, and I, you know, really feel that certain things I went through hindered me from getting the job, you know? So what do I do? I keep going. Oh, and I don't get me wrong. I beat myself up too. Mm -hmm. But I also said to myself too, it's like, look, Alicia, you know, either way, you know, you are just like anybody else. You're any woman out there trying to find a job. So if you can't get a job, at least you can do is make sure those other women do. So, and that's what I'm like, listen, if, if we can't get a job, you, yeah, Amazon just send me, you know, uh, hey, listen, we, hey, we're looking for you. You can work warehouse, $11 an hour. I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe I should do that. And still work for women of code. <laughs> I was like, no. Right. If I even put, if I even tell my girls that I'm doing that, they will break my neck. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's just those things, you know, as a woman, we beat ourselves up, but I have to, you know, I mean, I have to be strong for them. I really do. So I have to like, again, you know, I'm always trying to look for that opportunity, but I'm also looking for an opportunity for them as well. I have plenty of women contacting me. It's like, which I'm looking for a job. And what I do is like, okay, let me go out here and see who I can contact to help them. Since I can't, you know, since they don't want me, I can make them hire them. You know what I'm saying? So, it's always making sure I be positive for them. It's always making sure that there's an opportunity for them. There's all, I mean, 
you, you, I mean, Aline, I go into a tech conference and I hustle, babe. Mm-hmm. I hustle. I be hitting up every table. Oh, you're looking for a job. Or oh, I'm a woman of code right here. And we got some women that be definitely be interested in y'all be, you know, bring them into your organization. That's what I be doing. <laughs> well, thank you for doing that. I mean, it, it's, it's patently obvious that tech companies are not going to do that work that we need people advocating for women and women of color and men of color, people of color in tech, like we need this to happen and tech companies aren't doing it, you know? And so it's like, well, it's up to us to try to make them fill in those gaps and it's not cool, but it's the way things are right now. Well, see, I, I mean, to me, I say women. I am that woman. I don't have no color to myself. I mean, I have so many different exes against me. I really don't care. We really don't. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah, okay. So you're going to hate me at the end. And I'm cool with that. You may not hire me because I'm so loud mouth. Don't mess with my women. You better hire them. I don't care what kind of skills they got kind of person. But... (laughs) You would definitely say send me some resumes over, but you don't want I'm, you wouldn't want my resume because you like no this one crazy. But I would be glad to slide over about ten resumes over to you to make sure that you can go through them and hire one of those women. I mean, I, we could contact. I mean, for example, one recruiter contacted me asking me about a company that was looking to hire a woman, and I heard a recruiter saying, "No, they can't ask for that." I said, "That's some bull." I said, that is some bull because I know for a fact that there's companies out there coming to you as a recruiter saying, we can't, we're not drawing no women through our website. Can you find out or reach out and find us some women to fill these positions in? It's being said, it's being pushed out there, you know, but then again, they want the requirements to be the same as if they hire a man. And again, across the board right now in technology, especially as coded, especially in mobile development, there's not too many senior developers out there. Really isn't. And if they are, they're definitely not leaving their jobs. And a lot of companies need to open up the door for junior developers to find, get those junior developers in and build them up to the level that they want them to. And that's another thing they're not doing in in there. I mean, and then again, you've got talking about, we're talking about, you know, men are fake it till they make it. Women, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We will, I'll tell you right now, I will interview and I will not lie. <laughs> I swear. I will, I will not lie. I don't know why. I should be saying, yeah, I could do it. Yeah, I could do it. You know, come up with some, you know, and go come up, try to be creative. But I can't do that. I'm like, Ooh, no, I'm sorry. Right. I can Google it, though. I know how to go to, you know, Stack Overflow, hit up Ray's website. I have a couple of sites I can hit up to probably get the information I need to make sure, you know, it works. But with a man, they will fake it till they make it. We as women can't do that. I don't know why. Well, I think we're raised not to. Uh- yeah, we're the housewife. We're supposed to be in the house, mm-hmm. cooking dinner, taking care of the children, and making sure our husband's shirt are well ironed and shoes are polished. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're still, I think we're still really s- stuck in that mentality. Like, sure, we want women to work, but at the end of the day, you know, women are still doing twice as much housework as men, even though they're working just as much or more. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're supposed to to do all of that and 
put the men in our lives and our families first um, to our detriment. Yeah, that's true. One more quick thing. This episode of Less Than or Equal is also brought to you by HelpSpot. If you deal with any kind of customer support, you need HelpSpot. It's the most comprehensive and flexible help desk software around. With HelpSpot, you can let your customers reach you however they need to. Email, web, phone, it doesn't matter. HelpSpot will be the central place for all of your customer support needs. You can turn disjointed email exchanges into meaningful conversations with your customers and get a quick view of any trends relating to your support requests. It includes real-time supporting, so you can see exactly what's happening right now. HelpSpot is the best value in customer service, and they're committed to giving you unrivaled value for your hard-earned money. Put simply, this means uncomplicated pricing that includes everything you need for your help desk. With HelpSpot, you get unlimited tickets, mailboxes, custom fields, reports, and knowledge bases, all for one simple price with no hidden extras or complicated tiers. HelpSpot's current customers include startups and Fortune 500 companies, IT departments, call centers, and customer support groups across every industry, including software, banking, healthcare, education, transportation, e-commerce, and more. HelpSpot is not a flash-in-the-pan company. They've been doing this for 12 years, and they're going to be there when you need them. It's free for up to three users and really inexpensive for larger teams. And you'll get an additional 10% off for life when you use the code LTOE when you sign up. So go to HelpSpot.com LTOE for less than or equal to start a trial today. Or sign up for a free one-on-one demo to learn more about HelpSpot can serve your support team. Thank you so much to HelpSpot for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So I have a story to tell. I told you this on Twitter a little bit, but um, WWDC 2015, you were a WWDC scholar, meaning that you got a scholarship to attend Apple's annual brouhaha developer conference thing. Um, And I did too. And I saw you there and I, you were moving so fast. I was like, I need to introduce myself to her. And because I don't know how, um, how I heard, but I heard about your app a little bit and I was like, I need to get her on the show. And I never could connect because uh, every time I turned around, you were gone. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I never could connect. And I tried finding you on Twitter. And I, I couldn't, I don't know why I couldn't find you on there. And um, and so several weeks ago, I guess I guess it was a couple of couple months, of months ago, ago at this yeah, point. Months. I was like, I I started looking at my um my show archive and I was like, I don't have one thing that I've really failed on is having more people of color on the show. Most of my guests have been white and that's, <laughs> that's not something I want, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to help shift things in the industry <laughs> and I'm falling on my face doing this. And so I specifically put a call out, you know, just like I believe tech companies should be doing and I said, Hey, I really want to have more people of color on my show. And I don't know how you heard about it, but you replied and I was like, oh my God, it's been <laughs> like a year and a half and I've wanted her on the show. And so I'm so excited to finally have that happen. But you know, Twitter is not my forte. In <laughs> fact, I'm 
In fact, I just, just started this year to get more involved in Twitter. I just, uh, just, just this year. And I forgot who put it out there. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I can do that for you. <laughs> you know, and I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody I knew who, um, who, who put it out there that shared your tweet. And so, um, you know, Aline, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's been a crazy, crazy year for me. From the time WWC last year got the free tickets to like July. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go back. So the, last year I got a free um, scholarship through Women of Code for the WWC. Okay. And um, it was like a dream come true. And you know, we don't go to Apple. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> like, you like, you got invited, yay! <laughs> and so I was like, I was, I was telling my husband, I was jumping over there, I got it, I got it, I and he's like, what? Oh, I'm going with you. <laughs> it's like, but you can't go. Yes, I am. I'm going on a flight with you. And so he booked the flight, and I was like, well, baby, I ain't got no tickets. So whatever it is, we'll just try to make it work. Cause they wouldn't let him go because he had no tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. We got to we we got there we got there for the scholarship party. He got to go in with me to the scholarship party. Uh, we met some amazing people. But before that, before I got on the plane, I had a teach. In fact, my mentor Daryl Daryl Lou, I love him. He's my baby. I love him to death. And he basically told me, and I'm up here talking about how cute I'm going to be when I get to WWDC. And I was like, I'm going to be so cute. Wear all these pretty colors. I'm a girl. I'm a, I'm a girl in the man's world. And I'm going to be, and he was like, um, you got to act to advertise. Yeah. Well, you got to have to find a way to advertise that app. Okay. So he said, this is what I did. I got some t-shirts and I did this, this, this. I put my, my advertisement on it and I got, you know, Got a couple of bucks. He said, you did one or two people ask about it and you did good. So I said, okay. He said, all right. He said, you do that and you get some bucks, I'll pay for your t-shirts. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So, you know, you know, so when that happened, I was like, I went and got some t-shirts. I said, you know, ask me about the Purple Pocketbook app. On the back of the t-shirt, I put down, thank you, Women of Cold, for getting me the scholarship to the WWDC 15. Took a picture of front and back. Send it to everybody from Apple to Women of Code to my best friend, to my mentor, Daryl, everybody giving them this thank you acknowledgement because, you know, it was a dream come true. Girl, when I got to the damn scholarship party, Apple was looking for me. They wanted to highlight me in their keynote. (laughs) And I was like, and so my husband was, I was in a session. They were talking about um, teaching they, you know, created a site on Apple where now you can pull data to teach, you know, sessions on create app development. Mm-hmm. So my husband was already outside talking to them and he already told them about me. I came out there and I started telling them about me. He's like, I already told them. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I was just so excited, you know? And so I had to be online for the keynote, like at five o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, right. I'm not an early bird. And you so. walk so far. Oh my God, I'm so tired. So okay. far, okay. And so I'm like, so I got up. I said, I need coffee. So my husband, we were online because they were coming around just taking pictures overall, you know, from the beginning mm-hmm. at the very 
And so my husband went and got me coffee. And while he went and got me coffee, because I only drink Starbucks, and it was like, um, I need a cappuccino, extra shot of espresso, with a lot of foam in it. Okay, because I need to wake up. Because I'm really, really not feeling like that woman. Like, I, you know, I need that jump of Java. So uh, they came up and they, they found me. They took a picture of me and they said, okay, um, at the age of 51, um, she created an app to fight, to help, you know, something about abuse. And, um, of course, that came up on, the, on their keynote, on their live feed mm-hmm. when they were doing the keynote. And I was like, and you should, I was like, in the back of my mind, I said, oh, shit. okay, after this, highlighted me. This is so cool. And um, it was nice because, you know, I mean, you, I, did, I didn't expect it. I was just glad to get the acknowledgement. You know, I was hoping that it would at least give me some, get some attention about domestic violence at the time. And, um, you know, I became this hot little star for the moment. <laughs> you know, so, and that was it, you know. And then I went on with my, I mean, I really was grateful for Women of Code and um, started to get a little buzz here and there. October, they offered me director of Women of Code of 2015. I became director then. And then, you know, you know, along the time it passed, you know, um, then it comes, we're coming around, I'm doing, you know, I'm going here and there for Women of Code. Um, April of this year, I get an email from a, a, a commercial, a company that do um, documentary commercials. And her name was Alicia too, but it was spelled differently. So you, you know, A-L-I-S-H-A. Okay. And so I was like, this is, this is some bull. Somebody's stalking me. Coming up with some lies. Want me, want trying to tell me something. Take advantage of me. <laughs> That's the first thing I was thinking. And then the person was going to email it back. And I said, let me call her. Let me confirm this is a real person. And so I called her up and she just started talking. I was like, okay, okay, this is real. Because I went to the website. It looked, you know, looked representable. I mean, it was legitimate. Right. So I, I, um, I actually um, I went to the website, talked to her. She was interested. She wanted to do, she actually asked me to do a recording right then and there. I did. I recorded right then and there. Um, and then like, she said, okay, no problem. I'll call you, you know, we'll keep in contact. I said, cool. You know, I'm all right with that. And so a couple of, well, I think it was like a couple of days later, I had, in fact, we were planning a whole women hackathon here in Atlanta for women to code. So I had to go to a meeting in Atlanta and while I was heading to the meeting, I get into a car accident. Okay. Told him a car. Oh no. Okay. And then I told my husband, I said, he's like, I said, so what you going to do? Oh, you can even take me down to rent a car company right now. So went to rent a car company, got me a new car, head right back on down to Atlanta. <laughs> I was like, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm all right. I was just, you know, speeding in Atlanta. <laughs> and so, um, Got down to the meeting um, was with, with the director of Women of Code, and I was like, yeah, guess what happened? Somebody contacted me about some tech company wanted to do a documentary on me. And the director said it was Apple. I said, what? She said, well, Apple contacted me. So this is like at the very, 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 very first call I got. She calls me back. Alicia calls me back uh, two days later and said, listen, we want to do a Skype interview. So we did the Skype interview. Then she said, well, Alicia, I need some pictures. 
So I was like, like hesitant to give her pictures because I thought it was some bull. You know, I'm like, okay, you, I don't want to be let on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the flow. So I said, yeah, I'll get you some pictures. And then she contacted me like Sunday night. She said, I'm booked a flight. I'll be there on, I'm leaving Monday morning. I need those pictures now. So I stayed up to about 12 o'clock, went through my hard drive um, of all the pictures I have, family, things I've done, past, everything, like my mom's, everything. So I sent her all those pictures. She got down here Monday. We talked Monday. She interviewed my fam- my daughter, my mentor, my husband, my girlfriend and me went back on Wednesday because, you know, we thought, you know, we thought that she thought they were coming down here to do the interview and then they decided, no, they wasn't. So I went on with my life thinking it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I get an email from Apple talk about I violated some law on my website by not putting the Apple icon of the app onto my website. Like, really? Seriously? <laughs> I was like, oh, hell, well, hell, let me fix that. So, and and when that happened, it was kind of like, kind of like kicking in, like, so why are you on my website? Right. So I'm like, so are you all going to do an interview on me? So I didn't get an invite. I didn't get to go to Google I.O. And I was like, yay, for Women of Code. And so I was like, okay, cool. So while I was there waiting for the keynote, I get a call from Alicia telling me that, okay, we're going to be doing your documentary for real. Seriously? You gotta be, you gotta be damn crazy. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in San Francisco right now. Well, Alicia, we need a list of places. All right, all right, all right. Give me, give me, give me a minute. Let me think. So I told her, I said, I'm going to text everything to you. So I went, start looking and text her some locations for her to do, um, the filming for the documentary. Mm-hmm. So I get home and this is the problem was they want to do a Memorial Day weekend. And in Georgia, school is out. School had just got out. Parents usually be out of town taking their kids to family members to drop them off so they can get a break. (laughs) So a lot of my friends and family were, you know, just about leaving town. So, you know, the people that I would have wanted at my house didn't come to my house. The only, they could make it. So all I had was my family, which is, and have you seen the video, so you saw, what you saw was my three, my daughter, my three children, my eight grandbabies and my husband and my daughter-in-law. That's all that was in that video. And so it was an amazing opportunity. I would never do it again. Oh no. <laughs> it was it was like doing the housewives of the data, you know, <laughs> prepping everything. Okay, okay, Alicia. Okay, we want you to walk up and down the street. For real? With my pocketbook, my feet are healing me. I got swollen. I'm old, I'm 50. 53 years old. Uh, I need a cane. <laughs> okay, Alicia. Okay, Alicia. Okay. Now look up at the light. Okay. Walk to look up at the light, Alicia. Okay. 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 We want you to go to the gym, which is what you, okay. It's too late to go to the gym. Okay. Put on your work clothes on and we're going to walk them down your street. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So, I mean, so it was just, it, it was like, I had got a migraine from all of this. I was like dying right then and there. But it finally was over with, and I was thankful for it. Then it was like, okay, so they were doing the editing, and it was over, paperwork was signed, grandbabies were having fun. And so Sunday it was quiet. 
Normally Memorial Day weekend, me and my husband lay around our pajamas and binge the TV shows and barbecue, a couple of meat, you know, a couple of little pieces of food and call it a day. That's how peaceful our Memorial Day usually is. So um, Apple contacted me maybe one, two, three days before the event, wanted me to see the video before they put it out. I told him I didn't need to. I already signed documents. Don't need to. He's like, no. It came from the high, high, high up that they want you to see this video before they put it out. So apparently they thought that there would be something that I would not like. I've seen the video. I bust out. I bust out crying and bust out laughing. So I cry at the very beginning and bust out laughing like I bust out laughing at the end. And so that was it. That was like, I, I, I just don't, I don't know what to say in this whole whole thing that's happening in my life right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's just like, I'm just at, I, I'm just wow. At just, I just like, can't believe it's happening. And there's times that I think that I am being, there's times I'm thinking, I'm like, am I, am I should I promote myself? Should I tell people about my video? It just seems like I'm being just selfish or self-centered or, you know, it just, just times I'm thinking I shouldn't because it's like being this arrogant kind of person trying to push something that I'm just so excited about. And then there's times that I feel that I am amazed that they put me out there talking about my domestic violence act without telling anybody what the name of it is, mm-hmm. you know, and those who do find me is those that I, you know, like on Twitter, there's some people that was like, oh my God, it's you. You know, like you said, like right. you was like, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm a big fan of yours. We, you know, it's, and it's just, I just, you know, just right now it's like, I'm just, just keep moving. I'm just, just keep moving. Mm-hmm. What a surreal, weird experience though. You mean, what do you mean by just so to weird? like out of the blue be contacted for a documentary project you know nothing about and then to be you know like I don't know just like the whole the filming and the I, I think if I if if that were me instead of you I, I would be shaking my head in wonder just because um it's not a real thing that happens to people you know it isn't. It really isn't. You know, it, to me, it was like, you know, why? What makes me any special? You know, but from what I was, when I was talking to the director and the director assistant, it's the fact that they reached out to so many um, the, um, developers um, it was not developed, but people who created the app, and a lot of these people did not code the app. There's a lot of people out there that did not code apps. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, for example, the, in, in the video, for some people who don't know, but in the video, there was a, um, a doctor who, who actually created an app for, to give birth to, you know, in Africa, to help, help the nurses there to give birth or the midwives to give birth. But what a lot of people don't know in Africa, iPhones are very expensive and they just don't use iPhones. They use Android. The app is on Android. 
but it's also on iOS. So when they went there, they actually, um, Apple had to give them Apple products to use to, to show the app, to show that the, work, the app was working. So, and, and so in so many ways, you know, Apple wanted to just to highlight those that are making a change who are developers who are doing things, but the, the, the doctors aren't the one who coded the app. There was somebody else who did. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little girl, she did actually code a lot of her app. She was, you know, she, she did that um, on her own. She learned how to do it. And then you have the other guys who are doing it. But I was like the, probably the only black woman <laughs> um, who actually, and I mean, there was probably other black people out there doing, but actually got the, the attention because it was something, it was a cause that I was very attached to. You could say that. And being that they knew about me last year, they reached out to me. And I'm telling you, Aline, you, you, for Apple requirement for me to do that was, was one was that app had to be updated. The last time that app was updated was 2014. Mm-hmm. They wanted the app to be updated. Um, they wanted the app to be updated by now. Okay. And I was like, and I was like pushing it, really, really pushing it to do it. And, you know, when I was building the app, I was taking stuff out to make it work and it was not working. It was not doing certain things. It, and I was crying and I was literally crying to try to get the app to work. And I think that was another pressure that was put on me too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what made Apple so amazing about it is that they sent somebody down here from California to help me get my app up and running. Oh, wow. And so, um, and I'm telling you, I cussed him out. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you his name. I don't know if I can, but I'll tell you his first name. His first name was James. Okay. And James was like, I was like, I, I'm not giving you all my code. Hell no, I'm not giving you my code. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, okay, okay, Alicia, what's the problem? And I would tell him what the problem is. And, I, and then he was like, and then I called him like the day before they, they were like the day, no, the day of. And I was like, James, I don't have a problem. He said, Alicia, I'm coming down right now, flying down right now. And I was like, and then, you know, it was like, wow. It was like, this is, I was like, oh my God, thank you. And he sat with me and he helped me. And I was like, there was stuff that I just took out that I put back in. Mm-hmm. He allowed me to, and it was, it was just, they wanted, it was like, they wanted me to be in this, documentary they make such they made it so that it was not gonna it was not gonna be a failure for me no don't get me wrong I mean we submitted it like that day we and I told him he's like it was like Friday we submitted it Friday night there was and I'm like damn it's not gonna get approved do you know they have somebody come in on Memorial Day weekend to approve (laughs) that damn app seriously somebody came in Memorial Day weekend on that Memorial Day and that app was approved on Memorial Day so they did not, they wanted to be much more success. And I, I was like, I think that that tell, that told me right there just how much, even though I gave up on myself, they wouldn't give up on me. And that spoke volumes. Yeah. That really did. That's amazing. So I can't, I can't hate, I can't, I hate, I mean, I'm mad at Apple for so many things, but I can't hate them. Well, and I love, I love that they gave you, that support 
um, I mean, that's, that's above and beyond, right? That's, that's astounding that, that they did all of that. Um, I just wish that they'd get better at hiring people. <laughs> well, and, and then, you know, that's a whole nother discussion because yeah, for me, I was, you know, I tr- was trying to get a scholarship to go this year as well. And I would assume that they would have given away faculty free, you know, tickets again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that at all. And so, and then another thing was, was that I was disappointed with that. Um, a lot of my, a lot of women from Women of Code um, actually submitted some, submitted apps to get scholarship. And not, no, none of the women from my organization got a scholarship. Yep. I didn't either. So, um, I had got a pro, I had somebody contacted me um, from Apple and asked me, you know, about the whole issue. And I basically told them that um, there's something that needs to be addressed with Apple. I understand they want to focus on the children and the teenagers and the young ones. And it's totally understandable. You know, there's no argument about that. But they also have to understand that um, they also had to open up those opportunities for those women who are mothers and wives you know, that are giving their children the opportunity to learn how to do this stuff as well. And so I don't know if, and I also addressed the fact that, um, that a lot, I told them another thing is that a lot of these companies have only hired men for iOS developers and that the, the tickets that they're given to these companies are only giving it to the men. And that maybe they should create a separate tier from giving those tickets to just organizations to give them to women at a discounted price, you know, or scholarship to, you know, in doing that. And maybe that would be something to consider. But again, we're talking about a whole different, that's a whole different conversation. It is. Yeah. Um, Well, we're at about an hour now. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about today? No, babe. I mean... This is an amazing journey. And you you know, this is an amazing journey. And I don't think it's it's gonna slow down anytime soon. No, it doesn't sound <laughs> like it. Because <laughs> I'm really, really, you know, um there's so many things I'm trying to do right now. And I really don't I hate to be the one to give up on anything and, and you know, I'm the kind of person that, you know, you can beat me up. But I'm gonna come back and probably get beat up some more until I win. <laughs> yep, me too. I understand that. <laughs> He's like, what? You know, you can't beat me up. What? Right? <laughs> I am too stubborn. <laughs> Far too stubborn for this That's to get funny. me down. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's been such a joy to talk with you today. Um, how can people find you online? Well, on Twitter, you can find me at you ready for this, y'all? You ready for this? I love it. Fine, fine black woman. It's F-I-N-E-B-L-K-W-A-M-A-N. And that's on Twitter. Um, I'm also available on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I am Pevo App. P-E-V-O-A-P-P. Um, I don't like Facebook. That's for family only. <laughs> mm-hmm, mine too. <laughs> and also um you can find me on um i have a website for people which is um p 
Pevo, P-E-V-O, at U-S. And um, also Women of Code. You know, we're, you can check out our website. Um, Women of Code is an international organization. We have 80,000 strong, power to the women, power to the women, members out there across the world. And we are spreading the world, I mean, spreading the word, excuse me. And we also, you know, if you're here in Atlanta, I hope some people are here in Atlanta, you know, we're always looking for women to join. And we're also looking for, you know, senior developers to help us educate um, and make our women code strong. So you can definitely reach out to me through Women of Code, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Okay. And all of that will be in the show notes as always. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at Less Than or Equal. If you're looking for show notes, previous episodes, or have feedback, go to relay.fm slash LTOE. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, and next time will be our last episode. On an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal. <laughs>